me talk in terms of establishing mindfulness of breathing, practicing mindfulness of breathing. The mind can easily turn it into some kind of large thing that I'm supposed to be doing. Some kind of extensive accomplishment. An ongoing seamless way of acting, being. But it's very important, helpful to to recollect that the practice is here and now. We create the idea of being on retreat, of practicing mindfulness of breathing, developing the meditation. And then our imagination extends things over a long period of time many days, weeks, months. Creates a mental image of how things are supposed to be. And then we compare our felt experience with that image of how it should be. And we always fall short. We always are not good enough, not perfect enough, not trying hard enough, not doing well enough. Many years ago, one of the monks in this community made the comment to Lompo Sumato, this Anapanasati, this mindfulness of breathing, I've been a monk for a few years and I still, still really can't, can't get it. I really, really can't do it. Lompo asked him, can you be aware of one in-breath? Yeah, I can do that. Can you be aware, can you be mindful of one out-breath? Just one. Can you do that? Yeah, you can do that. Okay, you got it. That's mindfulness of breathing. One in-breath. One out-breath. Breath only happens one breath at a time. So rather than thinking of it as a, a big project that I've got to do, keep it immediate, present, in this moment. Can the breath be felt? Can it be known? Breathing in. Feels like this. Breathing out. Feels like this. And when it's noticed that the attention has drifted, it's been caught by a sound, an idea, fantasy, feeling in the body. As soon as that distraction is apparent, as soon as that is noticed, then bring attention to that. See what the mind has grabbed onto, caught up in it, 
sensation, an idea, a memory, a plan, a fear or a hope. Notice that feeling of the mind grasping, entangled, caught up. Feel it. Remember. And out of the, the tension or the stressfulness of that, as a letting go. The heart recognizes that as a burden, as a, a tension, an imbalance. Unnecessary. Additional. So there's a letting go, but not a letting go because I should let go, but simply through the qualities of mindfulness and wisdom being brought to that experience of grasping. When grasping is fully known, it's very hard to sustain it. Realizing you're carrying three extra suitcases. When you realize it, it's hard to keep holding them. The natural inclination is to put them down, take a breather. Ask, do I really need to be carrying all of this extra baggage? The letting go comes from mindfulness and wisdom. The natural attunement of the mind to this present reality. It inclines away from tension, agitation, grasping. And then when the mind has let go of that sound, of that feeling, that fantasy, memory, the attention comes back to settle on the breathing for a moment, Feeling the in-breath, feeling the out-breath. Notice what this quality of awakened awareness, free from grasping, is like. The mind awake to this present reality, to the Pachupanadam, the here and now reality. Free of grasping. How does this moment feel? We don't have to make a, any kind of commentary, or any kind of claim. I've got this peaceful state, or this is a beautiful thing. How can I hang on to it? Well, that kind of commentating and proliferating is unnecessary. Just let the quality of the heart free of grasping speak for itself. The mind awake to the present reality feels like this. As these qualities spaciousness, simplicity, peacefulness, brightness. So we let the effects of grasping be known for themselves and the effects of not grasping be known for themselves. 
they carry their own message. At the beginning of a retreat, when the mind is taking some time to settle down and get used to the different rhythm of things, it's natural for there to be a lot of restlessness, busyness in the system. All the things we had to take care of last week wrap up before the retreat began. So it's natural for all that activity to have its echoes, its after effects. It's natural, ordinary. So as this period of Viveka, formal retreat time, gets underway, And it's very helpful, beneficial to have the attitude of patience and forgiveness, regardless of how often, how far the mind wanders. It's caught up in planning, remembering, creating people, time, places. Very patiently, gently, kindly notice that that distraction that being pulled apart mind grasping the past or future grasping feelings and thoughts patiently notice and let go one breath at a time one moment at a time. Life only happens in this moment. One moment at a time. Therefore, it's helpful not to think it of anapanasati, mindfulness of breathing, as some kind of big, complicated, demanding task, like a big project, a big task over many weeks and months. But to see it as just this one breath, this one exhalation, this out-breath, this in-breath, it's the fulfillment of anapanasati, mindfulness of breathing, just in this one breath. Even if you've read all kinds of suttas and books of two or three hundred pages just on mindfulness of breathing, sixteen stages, and four tetrads, and different dimensions and activities. Just leave that gently aside, just to pay attention to this breath, this inhalation, this exhalation. No need to complicate the uncomplicated. Papapancham, papancheti. Don't complicate the uncomplicated. So we develop this mode of response, noticing distraction, feeling the tension of distraction, grasping, letting go, relinquishing, releasing. Recentering the attention, 
and being aware of the mind free of grasping. How is it? Simply being aware of its qualities. Open, alert, peaceful, non-personal. And if the personalizing, self-creating habits walk in, move in and say, I've got samadhi, or I'm getting peaceful, or my practice is doing really well, or I had it together ten minutes ago and now I've lost it. Notice those as mental creations. This thinking mind, the self-creating habits of mind, wading in, stepping in, creating complication, confusion. Let go of them as well. Let the out-breath carry them away without tensing, stressing. The out-breath is a natural relinquishing, releasing quality. The in-breath has a natural energizing, invigorating, enlivening quality. It's the inspiration, breathing in, to inspire, to breathe in. This is what brightens the mind, enlivens the mind, brings life to the mind as well as to the body. And as the quality of peacefulness, calmness, lucidity, brightness of mind becomes more established, that gets stronger, steadier, over these coming days, as that quality of awareness becomes more continuous, steady, unforced, and there's no need to pay such a fixed attention upon the breath. The breath is merely an anchor to help guide the attention, to stabilize the attention in the present. If the attention is resting easily in the present moment, there's no need for an anchor. If your boat is already up on the beach, you don't need an anchor to stop the boat from being pulled around by the tides and the currents, the wind. If the boat is firmly up on the shore, it doesn't need an anchor. So if that quality of, of awakened awareness is steady, strong, stable, we can allow the breath to be part of the whole field of experience. When the time comes, when things get stable enough, steady enough, free from agitation, to establish this quality of awareness in this way, simply open to the flow of thoughts and feelings, sensations, sounds, perceptions, sitting, standing, walking, lying down. Then we use the reflections on anicca, dukkha, anatta. 
impermanence, uncertainty, unsatisfactoriness, not self, as a way of sustaining that quality of openness, the mind being free of picking and choosing, free of biases, not getting lost in judgments of I like, I don't like, this is mine, this is yours, that's outside, that's inside. But using their reflections on these three characteristics, uncertainty, unsatisfactoriness, not self, and that helps to free the mind from getting entangled and becoming biased in likes and dislikes, gaining and losing, pleasure and pain. Instead, quality of awareness can be fully attuned to the flow of experiences, to know the process of experiencing without being lost in the content, without being drawn into the stories. It knows this is just a story. And to support the qualities of anicca, dukkha, to recognize those. As I was saying uh, when we began the retreat, first evening of the retreat, a very simple and direct way to support those reflections on anicca, uncertainty, dukkha, incompleteness, unsatisfactoriness. Whenever you notice the mind making a judgment, that's beautiful. Just say to it, so, that's awful. So, this is really unwholesome. So, this is really noble. So, this is painful. So, this is blissful. So, To similarly gain perspective on the, the fact that the mind is making a judgment, is making a choice, or, expecting, or believing in a preference, something good or bad, beautiful or ugly, mine or yours, inside or outside. Also just reflect on the question, is that so? This is awful, is that so? This is beautiful, is that so? This is just what I wanted. Is that so? This is exactly what I didn't want. Is that so? These simple forms of reflection, if we take the trouble to apply them, instantaneously, immediately, there's a quality of spaciousness. The wisdom faculty of the heart is engaged to recognize, oh, this is a judgment. This can't be the whole story. When the mind says, beautiful, it can't be the whole story. When it says, ugly, it can't be the whole story. It helps to reveal these judgments, perceptions, opinions, preferences, fears, as being conditioned, as being personal, 
dependent on the mind's memories, its language, its thoughts, its preferences. But in that moment of reflection, there's a, an awakening of that perspective. Oh, this is just a judgment. This is just the mind liking, disliking. This is just the mind approving, disapproving. This is just a feeling of pain, pleasure. It's just that. No more, no less. But in that moment, the mind is aware of the fact that it's a pattern of experience. It's not solid, it's not real, it's not a thing. It has genuine substance. It's just a pattern of experience, arising, passing away. It's anicca. It's dukkha, unsatisfactory, so far as it can't be kept. It can't be permanently pleasing. It can't totally satisfy. To develop the reflection upon anatta, in a similar way, we can just ask a question like, who owns this? This thought, this mood, is there an owner? Who does this belong to? Do you have something? Reading the biography of Lumpur Cha, one of the frequent expressions that he would use talking about his own mind, he'd say, I don't have anything. His heart embodied that quality of non-ownership, non-possession. Awake, aware, but not owning the body, not owning the world, not owning thoughts and feelings and moods. I don't have anything. Well, to develop this insight, this disentangling capacity of the heart, ask yourself, do you own this? Is there an owner? Who does this belong to? This mood? This sound? This feeling? What is it? that owns it. How can anything really be owned? And then when those reflections are applied, notice the effect upon the heart, the quality of disentangling, freeing, opening, the natural perfection of the Dhamma is apparent. Simple, immediate, liberating, completely natural. 